You are listening to the podcast of New Life Church in Wayland, Michigan. Our longing is to see zero people in our community living unchanged by Jesus. We are a church navigating the messiness of life together in community. One of our core convictions is that everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. I hope you know there is a place in the family for you here. For more information on gathering times and location, check out our website. But for now, I hope God speaks powerfully to you through this word. Awesome. Man, well, I'm super excited to be back up here. It's been been a little while since I've been up here teaching, and and usually I get the, the Memorial Day, July 4th, Labor Day, and this week Brad said, how about the week before Labor Day? So we're moving up weeks here, so before you know it, it'll be Christmas, and I'll be here, so. No, but for real, I'm super excited to be here, and, and uh, like Brad said, man, sports is something that I'm just super, super passionate about, um, so I'm super excited about these next few weeks, um, and as I was preparing um, for this, I just thought back to my own life, my own journey, and my own you know, faith journey, and, and sports, for me, really did play a critical role in my faith journey, for sure, and I, I really do believe that part of the reason I'm here today as a youth pastor is because of um, how my coaches and, and people in sports ministry had led me well. And so um, I just want to say this today, as your youth pastor here at New Life, um, I've been in conversations with some people from uh, Wayland High School and is talking about um, what it looks like to get in there as part of FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And um, so I am like, doing all I can right now to, to try to get into Wayland High School and Wayland Middle School um, to use sports um, to reach students for Jesus. So uh, I just want to say that. So if you would be praying with me um, as I am trying to navigate that right now, that would be awesome um, to get into the schools and, and reach students for Jesus. So um, but, but like Brad said, before we begin today, um, and as I was preparing for this message, uh, it was hard for me like not to use sports everywhere. <laughs> I, that's just the language I speak is sports. And so um, I really did, I think I did a good job of, of trying not to make this all just about sports. So if you are in here and you're like, yeah, sports, I'm out, don't leave. Um, I, I think there is something that the Lord has for you here as well today. So uh, let's pray and then we will get into it. God, just thank you uh, for who you are. Just thank you for um, just what you do for us. And just thank you for um, things like sports, God, that can um, just draw us closer to you. Now, we just pray um, today, this morning, for um, just a move of your spirit in this place. God, that, that you would just um, convict hearts, that you would just change lives here um, this morning, uh, just to ultimately um, allow us just to be better followers of you, Jesus. We love you, and we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, so, man, we've been talking about, man, I'm a sports guy, but, but more specifically uh, than just being a sports guy, I'm a baseball guy. And I, I played baseball um, from when I was in T-ball um, all the way up through high school, and I, I loved every moment of it. Uh, and I, I loved it so much, I even coached, I coach uh, baseball now, I coached a little T-ball team here from New Life and watched all the Rugrats run to third base first, and it was a lot of fun, but uh, I just love, love baseball. Um, and when I got to middle school, I finally was able to play travel baseball. So I uh, found this team that most of the guys went to Forest Hills Eastern, and um, we were called the West Michigan Express. And, man, I just absolutely loved that team. The guys were so fun. Uh, the coaches were just a bunch of dads from the team, and they did a really good job. They were so much fun. I love those guys to death. Um, but one of the coaches 
Uh, his name was Coach Augustine, and this dude was just an absolute, this classic, like, jokester. He was our first base coach, and, you know, it was one of those things I, you know, didn't get a, whole, a hit for the entire tournament until finally the last game, and I get down to first. He's like, oh, well, finally looks like you want to come see me, right? He was just always joking around with me, and uh, he was a lot of fun. Um, but he had this saying that he would tell us every practice and before every game, he would say, when you're in the batter's box, I want two minutes of fury, on two minutes of fury when you're in the batter's box. And what he meant by this was he wanted us to be intense and focused while we were in the batter's box, right? The average at bat for a high school student is about, about two minutes. And so out of the, you know, two and a half hour game, he wanted your three or four at bats, so six, or, six to eight minutes of just intense focus, right? Lock in, do your job, right? Whether that's getting the bunt down to advance a runner or maybe... Uh, getting on base with a walk or a hit, whatever it is, and just focus for those two minutes. And so he would tell us before every game, but there were some games where, man, we were either blowing a team out by 15 runs or, or more often than not, we were getting blown out by 15 runs. But you know, there was those games where, you know, the first inning, the first couple innings, the first at-bats you're taking, we were locked in, like ready to go. We were all intense. We were like ready to go get on base, do my job. And then comes the fourth, fifth, sixth inning, and we're down by 15 runs, and I just get up to bat. I'm like, Lord, just let me strike out. I just want to be done with this game, right? And so after these innings, our focus and our intensity was lost because we we were down in the game. And isn't it true that in our lives, so oftentimes our focus tends to fade and our intensity starts to shift to new places, right? We're excited about our new job opportunity. We're excited about our new workout routine. We're excited about this new hobby. We're excited about this new routine we're going to be in to spend more time with our spouse or our kids. And then all of a sudden, super quickly, our focus is no longer on that thing. We put it somewhere else. And our intensity of, man, I'm going to do this thing really well. Now I'm going to go put my intensity somewhere else. In the New Testament, uh, like Brad was saying earlier, in the New Testament, Paul uses sports metaphors all the time in the, in the New Testament. Um, but in Philippians chapter 3, he uses uh, sports as a metaphor to help fix our focus. Right? If, you've, if you've been involved in sports, right, focus is a huge part of it. Right? You've got to focus when you're practicing. Focus on the end goal of, of winning a game. Focus when you're competing. There's focus all the time throughout sports. And so focus is key. And so today, today before we dive into the text there, I want to ask this question, where are you putting your focus this fall? Where are you putting your focus this fall? Let's dive in here to Philippians chapter 3 and think about that as we're, as we're reading here today. It says, If someone else thinks they have reasons to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. And here, uh, Paul is, is talking about like his, his own self, right? He's talking about how before he met Jesus, he was focused on all these other things. Right? He was focused on, um, man, how do I look? How, how am I doing? How am I following the law? Am I a good Pharisee? 
Am I you know, circumcised on the eighth day? He's talking about all his own things. His, his focus was not on Jesus. His focus was on himself and how he um, did all these great things um, that, we, that we would call great. He was a great Jew, right? And then later on, um, Paul writes again, uh, later on in this same chapter in verses uh, 18 and 19, and now he's going to call out the church, everybody else. He says, For as often I have often told you before, and now tell you again, with, e- with even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. And so first Paul is calling himself out. Like, man, I used to have my focus set on things of this world, on my own abilities, but church, you're doing the same thing, Right? Your, your God is your stomach and your, your destiny is destruction and, and your, your thinking and your focus is on the things of this world. So he's calling that out in the church here. But they had shifted where they were looking. Their, their, their focus was on the things of this world. And so I want to ask the question again, where are you putting your focus this fall? That's what I want to talk about today. Where are you putting your focus for this fall? Where are you, what are you obsessing over for this next season in this fall? And as I was, you know, writing this message, I, I had to think about this for my own self. It was kind of tough um, to think about this, but man, a few things came to mind for me, but the biggest thing that stood out for me and what I think I am putting my focus on, unfortunately, this fall is, is just our schedule. Um, man, some of you might know, uh, my wife Olivia and I, we just had our little baby girl, Avery, and She's super cute. I'll just say I don't want to be that guy, but she is the cutest baby in the world. So, um, but for me, for us right now, we have been like just navigating our schedules, and um, we we just recently were we're trying to figure out like how to share calendars, and it took us way too long for being young tech people. It took us way too long to merge calendars on our iPhones, but. And we're like just constantly obsessing over like who has baby now, who has baby now, and how are we going to do this? We both have something at the same time. And so it's just like our focus right now is just on our schedules and our busyness. But what is it for you? Where are you focusing this fall? Maybe it's uh, similar to, to Olivia and I, and you're caught up in your schedule and your busyness and jumping from thing to thing, and all you're focusing on is the next thing in, in your busyness. Or maybe you've shifted your focus and your eyes to, to wanting more this fall and you're so close to that promotion and you're so close to buying the next house and you're so close to the next investment and you're so close to the next thing and that's, that's what you're focusing on. You're just all in, I'm going to do this this fall. Or maybe, and as we're just talking about sports today, maybe you are obsessed with sports this fall and you have kids in sports and so you're dragging them from place to place to place to, to practice and then you... Uh, or coaching, and so you're going from practice to practice to game to game, and then you get home, and, and I, I didn't realize this, but I was just thinking about it this week, and football is on every single night of the week. Did you know that? It's like, it's ridiculous. I love it sometimes, <laughs> unfortunately, but, but it is. It actually is ridiculous how on Sunday night, man, we're watching NFL, Monday night, watching NFL, Tuesday night, we're watching Western Michigan play, Wednesday night, the Mac is still on, Thursday night, NFL, Friday night, we go watch Waylon beat Hopkins. <laughs> And then, and then Saturday, we have college football all day. And it's like, man, we can just get obsessed and just have sports just fill our lives. And maybe that's where you're focusing this fall. 
And then maybe for you, you're addicted to comfort right now, and you're just focusing on your comfort for this fall. And that's all you want is just to talk to the same people about the same thing, sitting by the campfire with your sweatshirt and sweatpants, and that's all you want is just comfort this fall. And that's where your focus is, is how can I be more comfortable this fall? I don't want to be stretched. I just want comfort. And I don't, I don't know what it is for you when all of us, every single person in this room and every single person watching online, we all have somewhere where our eyes are focused on for this fall. And when I, when I think of uh, like focusing on something or being intense about something, and athletes are just naturally focused and intense, but there are something different about wrestlers. Wrestlers are freaks, I'll tell you that. They are focused and intense all the time. And there's this wrestler, um, his name is Adam Kuhn. Um, he was the heavyweight wrestler at the University of Michigan uh, a few years back. And he was the number two heavyweight wrestler in the country for the longest time. For, for weeks and weeks and weeks, he was wrestling in, in all these different meets and beating all these different guys and just kept winning, kept winning. But the number one wrestler kept winning as well. Until finally, Ohio State had this, this heavyweight wrestler named Kyle Snyder. And Kyle was coming up to the University of Michigan to go to the Chrysler Arena where Michigan plays basketball. And Ohio State was going to wrestle Michigan in a, in a meet. And so there's 8,000 people in Chrysler Arena and Kyle and, and Adam are, are ready to go at the end of the night, right? Because they start off with the lightweights, and they keep working their way up the weight class until finally it's the heavyweights battling it out. And so there's 8,000 people that, that haven't left because they know at the end of the night it's going to be number one versus number two. Michigan, Ohio State doesn't get any better than this, right? And so Adam is ready to go, and he's, he's about to wrestle Kyle Snyder, and he actually ends up beating him of a score from three to one, and he beats Kyle Snyder and becomes the number one heavyweight wrestler in the country. He's undefeated, best wrestler in the country, and he gets to celebrate with all 8,000 fans that are in attendance, right, all wearing maize and blue, doing the pom-poms, whatever they were doing, probably not doing pom-poms, wrestlers, they don't do that, they probably are, I don't know, they're probably punching each other and, and excited. <laughs> But they're, they're getting to, he's getting to celebrate with all these fans, and he comes over to his teammates, and he's getting slapped in the face, and he's slapping other people in the face, going crazy. He you know, gets a shower, comes out, and, he, and he's getting interviewed by all these different TV networks. And then he goes home, and he orders a pizza and watches TV the rest of the night by himself. And this, this guy who just was on top of the world, he had his focus set on becoming the number one heavyweight wrestler in the country for the longest time, and he's on top of the world. He just accomplishes it. And not but two hours later, after he finishes this match, he's back home all by himself in his apartment, eating a pizza, watching Friends. Like, man, how, how crazy is that? And when I heard this story for the first time, I had to, to kind of just ask myself a question. You know, if I, if I finally accomplished this thing, if I finally, you know, this thing finally ended in my life, would I, like, know what to do? Like, if I was just focused on this one particular thing, whatever it might be, if it were to come to an end, would I know where to turn to next? Would I know what to do next? What's the next thing for me? And I think Adam's story of, of doing this is just a great example of someone who has reached pinnacle, the pinnacle of earthly success in a sport, right? Becoming the best 
wrestler in the country. He's reached the pinnacle of success after tons and tons of work and focus and intensity and training and workouts and practice and all these things. And he gets to the end of it and he has to ask the question, now what? Now what? What's next? And so I want to ask you the question, what in your life are you putting so much focus and intensity into that after it's done, you will ask the question, now what? Now what? Maybe for you, you're just so focused right now on, on raising your kids, and that's a great thing, right? Like, kids need to be raised in, in the right way, but you are so focused on raising your kids, and that's the only thing you can think of, and you're just obsessed over it, and that you they spend time more with your kids than you neglect spending time with Jesus. And so then, but then when everything's gone and your kids are raised and, and your kids are out of the home, you're going to have to ask yourself a question, now what? Or maybe you're trying to build this career and you're, you're climbing the corporate ladder and you're, you, know, you have your eyes set on becoming the CFO or the president of your company and you're, you're just like day after day just grinding and trying to impress your boss to, to make it to the next level, the next level, the next level. And maybe one day you do become the CFO of your company or maybe you become the president. Now what? What's next? Or you retire, right? You're going to retire one day and what's next? Or maybe you're an athlete here in the room or an athlete watching online and you're pushing and pushing and pushing to, become, to get to the next level, whether that's playing high school or to play in college or play Division One or to play whatever. And you push and push and push and push until finally, man, there's a, there's a, a career-ending injury or, man, every ex-athlete knows that one day you do have to hang up the cleats. And when that day comes... You're going to have to ask the question, now what? All these things are not bad things. It's not bad. It's, it's a good thing to be a, a parent and be a good parent. It's a good thing to, to climb the corporate ladder. It's a good thing to, to get to the next level as an athlete. But man, some of us are just so focused on these things that when they're done, when we've accomplished it, we're going to find ourselves asking, now what? before we have to even ask ourselves the question of now what, let's take a look again in Philippians chapter 3 at what Paul has to say about this uh, in verses 12 through 14. It says this, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And right, so this is the other side of the coin, right? We, we, we were just talking about all these earthly things that we could put our focus and put our intensity into. But man, Paul is talking about setting our focus on Jesus, on the prize that really matters. And what's cool about this, um, so in, verse, in verses 12 and 14, um, Paul uses uh, the phrase, I press on. This might be familiar to some of you, but he says, I press on to take hold of which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. And then in verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
So he uses this phrase, I press on, twice here in these two verses, or these three verses. But he actually, in uh, verse 6, he says this. Uh, he says, as for zeal, persecuting the church. You know that the word for per- persecuting and the phrase I press on are actually the same Greek word. It's uh, dioku. I think I said that right. Brad, you're my Greek guy. He doesn't know. All right, well, it's something like that. <laughs> dioku. We'll, we'll call it dioku, okay? Uh, but this, this word is uh, used for both persecuting the church and for uh, pressing on towards Jesus. It's kind of a weird thing, isn't it? Like, how can we have the same word for, for pushing and pressing the church and also pushing and pressing for Jesus? It's because this word dioku actually just simply means pushing and pressing with intensity and force and just going all out after it. So um, it's just this cool idea that and before Paul met Jesus, he's persecuting the church, right? He's, he's pounding the church. He's pushing them into the ground. He's trying to, to subdue the church. He's trying to, to put the church to death, really. But when after Paul meets Jesus, he turns his focus to Jesus. And so the same intensity that he was just using to persecute the church, he's now shifted his focus to push the church forward, to, to strive after Jesus. I mean, what a beautiful thing that is. I mean, that's, that's the goal for all of us here today. That's the goal is to, to push and strive after Jesus with the, the same passions that we have here that we you know, talk, just talked about, all these things of the world that we focus on, that we still want to do and still should be doing. I mean, our fo- the same intensity that we have for those needs to be shifted to following after Jesus. And so while, while Paul was writing this, uh, this little passage here, I'm sure he has the Olympics in mind, right? It's, he's talking about this idea of pushing on towards the prize and, and, and finishing the race. And, and so I'm sure he has the Olympics in mind. Um, but did you know that they actually didn't have basketball when he was... I, I actually, it was like the funniest thing. I was laughing out loud when I was like writing this because I was like, it'd be so funny watching dudes in sandals and like robes <laughs> trying to... <laughs> do a move and probably breaking ankles and be kind of funny, but this is a great picture in my mind. So, uh, yeah, Paul would have probably been thinking about the Olympics um, when he was writing this, uh, this letter because he was, you know, he grew up in Tarsus, so he would have known about Greek culture and, and the Greeks have the Olympics, right? And so um, he's probably thinking about the, the Olympics and he would have, he would have been very really familiar with the Olympics. And uh, did you know that back uh, then, in order to qualify for the Olympics, you had to train for a minimum of 10 months. Like, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You had to train for 10 months before if you wanted to compete in the Olympics. You couldn't just have natural raw talent. You had to have some, some skin in the game. You had to, to, to uh, train for 10 months. All right, so just like today, you know, our, our athletes in the Olympics are super serious. They are the, the best in the world, and they, they train hard, and they like, are super, super focused on their sport. And the same thing went for the athletes in Paul's day. They were focused. They had an obsession with their sport so they could become an Olympian, right? And it would have probably taken up their entire life of, man, if you're training for 10 months and you're like, I want to be an Olympian, I want to win the gold medal, man, this is going to just take up all of your life. And as Christ followers, man, I think sometimes 
we think that following Jesus is just part of our life. We think that we have our spiritual life and we have, you know, which includes, you know, our quiet time and we go to church and we're in small group and we serve and we, you know, read our Bible. Then we have the rest of our life. We have, you know, our family and our friends and our finances and our health and our sports and our jobs and all these other things. And we, we have two lives that we, that we have. I mean, as Christ followers, our entire focus needs to be on Jesus so it affects every part of our life. Jesus is our life, right? Jesus is our life, and all the other things fall, might fall into that, but Jesus is our life. Right? Just, just like the athletes would have, would have had an obsession with their sport that Paul was writing about, they had an obsession with their sport, and we need to have an obsession with Jesus so it affects every area of our life. Right? As we interact with our kids, we're actively trying to find ways to disciple them, right? That's, that's, that's one way that we can have Jesus affect every area of our life. He's, he's affecting our kids. As we are hanging out with our friends, we're trying to love them. That can only come from the love, love of Jesus, right? So we're, our eyes are focused on Jesus, and as we hang out with our friends, he affects that. As we go to work, we're working hard, and we're, we're doing all we can to to work, and we're, we're working as hard as we possibly can with all the gifts that Jesus has given to us because our eyes are focused on Jesus and he affects every area of our life. And as we look at our finances and we, we don't like the number that we see in the bank account, we just remember that Jesus is the only one that can bring us our security because we have our, our eyes are focused on Jesus and he affects every area of our life. And again, man, as we're talking about sports here today, right, we're, for, for athletes in the room, as we're on the field, we're giving all the glory and honor and praise to Jesus for all the gifts that he has for us because our eyes are focused on Jesus and he affects every area of our life. Man, as I, as I think about this last one of, of sports, and, you know, it's something that I love, um, but I think of a student in our church um, who has lived this out in his sport. I think of Robbie Ruckus, um, which many of you might know. Um, I think he's back up in the tech booth right now. Um, but Robbie uh, played uh, on the football team last year at Wayland. He was on the freshman team. And uh, one, at one of his practices, uh, Robbie actually invited his entire team to youth group. Um, super, super cool. And you know what? Uh, not a single one of them actually came, but man, that's not even the point of this. That's not even the point. The point is that Robbie had his focus set on Jesus, and so that affected his sport, and it affected his teammates because and he had his, his eyes were focused on Jesus. He knew the end goal, and it wasn't to, to please his teammates. His end goal was to strive for Jesus. And so, I mean, I, I do believe that we can live out every area of our life with a focus on Jesus. I do believe that. And next week, um, like Brad said, my dad is going to be here, and he's going to talk through some practical ways of how we can do that. And he's going to share about some practical ways that he is currently doing that in the world of sports. Um, but today, I want to close with a story of someone here from the church. Uh, his name is Brad Mulker. You might know him. Um, and I, I called Brad this week, and I was kind of just telling him about uh, the message for the week and, and how we're talking about sports and, and how sports and faith can can collide. And, and Brad is the varsity uh, head coach at Martin High School for basketball. Yes, so he is the varsity coach at, at Martin for basketball. And um, just so you know, I went to one of their games. As you know, Brad, he's like super, super chill, like super calm. And I went to their first district game 
And that dude had a whole new side of him. He was nuts. He was running around screaming. I loved it. He had a whole new intensity. It was awesome. Um, man, Brad, he's been there for a little while. He's seen, you know, some, some guys come and go in, in and out of the program. And I asked Brad, I said, man, how do you live out your, your faith in, in your, uh, on your basketball team? And he said, you know, uh, as he coaches, uh, the guys know, all of his, his players know that he, he has a relationship with Jesus. He's pretty outspoken about it. Um, but, you know, there's also this side of, uh, there's a, a legal thing where, you know, in a public school as a, uh, being employed by public schoolers is a legal thing. And he said, you know, he doesn't want to get fired, so then he can't continue to reach these guys. Uh, so it's a weird balance for him. But um, he says he, he teaches biblical principles to his, his team while he's uh, at practices and at games. And, and one of the biggest things he preaches to his teammate or his team is what it means to, to be a true man. He talks about how, how being a man is, is putting yourself second and putting others before yourself. And not only does he, he like preach that to his guys, but he also, uh, he also puts it into action. And they, uh, once a year, his, his team will go to the, the Martin Food Pantry and they'll, they'll serve there as a team, just serving their community and putting others first. And it's pretty cool. Um, but there was one story that, that Brad uh, really wanted uh, us to share here this morning. Um, and that was that he had these two brothers that uh, were part of his team this last year. They kind of bounced back and forth between JV and varsity. And uh, they came to the first tryouts, and they were, like, not happy to be there. They were kind of mad. Their mom made them go try out for the team. And, uh, but yet they, they still went. And as the year went on, they kind of got more and more invested in the team. They got more invested in basketball, and they got more invested just in, in building relationships with their teammates and, and everybody else that was on the basketball court, including Brad's son, Tristan, um, who just turned six, and he, uh, he goes and hangs out at the basketball court um, and practices. Well, doesn't practice with the guys, but he, he dribbles on the side and probably has a better jump shot than I do. Than I do. Um, but he, he like hangs out at practice with Brad every day. And these couple of guys, they got to know Tristan and got to love Tristan, and um, so much so that uh, Tristan actually invited these couple of guys to his birthday party um, not too long ago. And like, these guys actually came to his birthday party. Like these 16-year-old kids come into a six-year-old birthday party on a Saturday afternoon. Like that's like that's unheard of, right? Um, man, I just think like it just goes to show like Brad is is putting his faith in, into practice at his practices, right? He, he's, he's living out his faith um, by telling his team that he's a man of God and, and, and preaching uh, what, what Scripture would say is true and, like, affected these kids. And they started to put others first and started to, to sacrifice themselves for the good of everybody else. And, man, I just think it goes to show that Brad is living with an angle inside the focus is on Jesus, and it does start to affect every area of your life. I mean, that is um, the call for us uh, this fall for our church and new life. And our, where is your focus at this fall? I mean, our focus, it has to be on Jesus. It has to be on Jesus so it affects every area of our life. God, we just are so incredibly thankful for, for who you are and just thank, thankful for um, just what you do for us. And we're just so thankful for how you can affect every area 
to our life and how, God, if we just put our focus entirely on you, then you will change our lives. And so, God, we just pray this morning. We pray for all of us to, just to focus on you this fall, that we would just put all of our focus and intensity that we have for things of this world, and we just shift that focus to you so that you can change our lives and change the lives of those around us. God, just thank you again for who you are. We love you. We ask all these things in your name.